Welcome to Agenda Breakdown, a podcast that explores how cities and counties make decisions and how you can have a say. I'm Kim Bishop, and today we're going to talk about how much work it takes to run a local grassroots political campaign. The countdown to the November 8th election has begun, and you're probably seeing signs of it all over Slow County. Literal signs, yard signs, are popping up all over neighborhoods, and mailboxes will soon be bursting with campaign materials for city council candidates, school board candidates, and more. Today, I want to put a spotlight on the less visible aspects of those political campaigns, because what I've come to realize after volunteering on a couple of campaigns in recent years is running for office as a local grassroots politician takes a tremendous amount of time, volunteer power, and money. Here to shed some light on that today is Quinn Brady, a Los Osos resident and community organizer who's worked on a bunch of local political campaigns. Welcome, Quinn. Thanks so much for having me, Kim. So let's start at the beginning. Once a candidate decides to run for office, what are the next steps? Yeah, well, there's a few things that happen right away. First, you have to do some filings with the FPPC. Um, There's a form. You have to be nominated by your local community members. So you have to gather signatures. And that's a process. Um, And you have to file, if you plan on fundraising, some other forms with the FPPC as well. So all of that happens right away as you're building your campaign. And the FPPC is the government body that oversees elections? Yeah, they basically manage and make sure that candidates and any type of political campaigns are compliant with the rules that are at play. How much money are we talking about here? How much does it cost to run a local, say, city council campaign or school board campaign? Yeah, it's a great question. And it really depends on what office you're running for and what the competition is like, how long you've been involved in the community and so what your name recognition is. But right now, for a really viable slow city council race, I think people are aiming to raise about twenty to twenty five thousand for a full campaign. School board is much smaller, maybe just a couple thousand depending on the race. Um, and then County Board of Supervisors races, it is a, a lot, a lot more and can be up to four hundred, five hundred thousand dollars nowadays. And where does that money come from? Yeah, mostly direct donations from community members, businesses, unions, political organizations, people like you and me. And local races, small dollar donors matter a ton and every dollar really makes a difference. And I understand that candidates can give themselves personal loans as well. Is that a common practice? Yeah, lots of campaigns start with a personal loan. The limits don't apply for this, whereas um, a, a donor like me in for a slow city council race, you can only donate a maximum of $300. Um, if you're donating to yourself or loaning to yourself, that limit doesn't apply. And you can choose to donate that during your campaign or pay yourself back. So in addition to money, campaigns require a lot of volunteer power. How do mm-hmm. people typically build their campaign team? Well, I really believe that a good team is critical to the success of a campaign. Um, So much of the magic happens behind the scenes, and it makes a huge difference having a thoughtful, engaged team who can support you, bring ideas to the table, and also really challenge you when you're making decisions. So often when people are thinking about running, they'll start talking, having conversations with community members and friends. And a lot of times those people will be the first ones to support a candidate and join the team. You'll often see um, a candidate has maybe their spouse or partner or neighbors or friends as a critical part of their team. But that team often grows as you start having those conversations and get the word out. People that resonate with you will often want to support. 
How many people are on the core campaign team for a typical campaign? Yeah, it really depends on the size, um, but there's usually a campaign manager and definitely a treasurer. Those are some of the most important roles. And then there's lots of other things like a volunteer coordinator, designer, communications coordinator, social media, data management. The list kind of goes on depending on how big the campaign is. But really having three key people engaged and supporting you in a bigger lift type of way makes a huge difference. And are those people typically volunteers or are they paid? Sometimes you'll get a paid campaign manager or a consultant, but at races like Slow City, it's often mostly volunteers. The county level, you'll have more paid roles. What are some of the duties that take up so much time for candidates and their campaign staff? Yeah, well, there's lots of things. Um, Organizing meet and greets, organizing canvassing, which is basically knocking door to door in neighborhoods, reaching voters. Endorsement process is really important, collecting both individual endorsements from around the community, also filling out large applications to get endorsements from unions or organizations, fundraising, helping make sure that the candidate has the money they need. So there's lots of different roles. Any idea how many hours a week this sort of thing takes? Oof. Um, It's hard to say. In the past, I've spent for sure full-time hours as um, maybe in a campaign manager role. Other roles, like volunteer coordinator, you could join a campaign and just spend a couple hours a week. And the candidate themselves? The candidate themselves, it's definitely like another full-time job. That's amazing. I'm so impressed with the number of people who are stepping up who also have a day job, you know, a full-time day job. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of city council members and school board members have uh, kids that they're raising. They've got lots and lots of commitments in the community, and they're campaigning on top of that. What do you think motivates people to run? Well, I really admire people that run for office. It's no secret that it takes a ton of courage and a ton of heart. And tons of people who say, I would never run for office. And I totally get that. And I'm one of those people. So I recognize the courage that it takes to step up to a race. And even when I disagree with the person that's running, I often will thank people for stepping in because it's a big deal. What motivates people, I mean, it's no secret that we're living in an incredibly challenging time. And the partisan gap on many issues just seems to widen. Many people are having their very existence belittled or even threatened. Um, We have public health climate disasters, bodily autonomy, public safety. There's so many issues and most people resonate with something. And so a lot of people are inspired to run because they see an issue that their community is facing and they want to do better. Some people run because they're just ticked off at how something's going. And I think that can be a great motivator as long as we really engage in finding out why decisions are being made the way that they are and what possible solutions there are out there. I feel like a lot of folks in the community who are really active at some point are asked by people they know to step up and run. Mm -hmm. Oftentimes the conversation goes something like, you know, you would be great at this, you can win. And I, I wonder, there's a big difference between having the ability to get into office and actually enjoying the process of being in office. Yeah, it's so true. Um, I think about this a lot. It's two totally different skill sets, really. A good policymaker might not be a great charismatic presenter um, winning the support of the community. And so I think that's often one of the biggest challenges. And when people are asking others in the community to run, sometimes it's because they see that they can hold the tension between both of those tasks. Now, 
Not everybody can do that, and they might be great in office, but they might be a little bit stumbly when you're listening to them present. So I really encourage community members to get to know people, get to know the policies that they're supporting, and not just make their judgments based on appearance or how they sound in a public presentation, but really what it is that they, what their vision is for the community and what they think they can do. Once voters identify a candidate or two who they want to get behind, what are some of the ways that they can lighten the burden? You know, how, what are ways to help out? Great question. This is one of my favorite topics. There's some super simple ways to support a candidate. You can just learn who's running. You can get an idea for what people are standing for. Maybe donate or um, put up a yard sign in your yard. You can take a more active role by attending meet and greets, resharing things on social media, or really get engaged with the campaign and phone bank, canvas, um, join a campaign team. But one of the most critical things in a local race is really just helping spread the word. So the five people in your network, your coworkers, um, your neighbors, you can reach them a lot more effectively than any candidate can. So if you really believe in somebody, helping spread the word in any way you can is a really important step. Thank you, Quinn. I sure appreciate your help. Yeah, so glad to have this conversation. And I would just add to all the listeners, um, whatever you do, take time to learn about the candidates that are running this season um, in in every campaign season. Get to know the issues in your community and always, always show up to vote. Every election matters. And in local races, races can come down to just a handful of votes and decide the future of our communities. Absolutely. We've seen it so many times where just a few votes determine the outcome. That's right. Thanks so much, Kim. So now it's time for today's action item. First and foremost, make sure you are registered to vote at your current address. Ballots are going to go out in the mail in early October, so do that as soon as you can. But you can register online up to October 24th or in person on Election Day. Second, if you're not sure who is running or which candidates resonate with your priorities, then you can find your ballot online at the Slow County website before it even arrives in your mailbox and start reading the candidate statements, taking a look at their websites. And uh, and I recommend trying to meet them at a local campaign event. You can really get a sense of somebody when you have an opportunity to talk with them face to face. Once you do identify a local candidate whose campaign you'd like to support, Let them know that you appreciate the work they're doing. And that appreciation can take all kinds of forms, from just sending an email to making a donation to canvassing, um, volunteering at any sort of event. Whatever you do, any contribution you can make is going to lighten the load for somebody who is stepping up and committing to do the really hard work that um, most of us are not willing to do. Today's episode was produced by Samantha Reardon with music by Wes Bishop. If you liked the show, you can go to agendabreakdown.com to listen to past episodes and follow us on social media. You can also find us and subscribe and leave a review on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Kim Bishop. Thanks for listening to Agenda Breakdown.